I want to thank Larry for encouraging all of us to be a part of the Vacation Bible School, the uh, Sunshine Kingdom. And uh, I'm passionate about Vacation Bible School because it's one of those events in the life of the spiritual family that's a lot like this event that you see here today. I mean, you just look around you and you see all of the families gathered and uh, Christians, people of all ages, looking out for one another and behaving and acting like the family of God. It's what I love about VBS, no matter how you do it, and, and I've seen it done all sorts of ways. And by the way, just so you know what we're going to do, last year we had a sunshine camp. This year we're moving up. We're going to have a sunshine kingdom. And we're going to turn this place into a, um, into a fairy tale kingdom. We're going to have uh, all of the characters of the royal court. Now I heard you can go over to Muskogee and they've got like medieval times or something like that. And they, they are talented at getting your money out of you over there. Over here, oh, we're going to be much kinder to you. And we're going to have food trucks and we're going to have fun. And, um, and I just don't want you to miss out on it. There's something for all of you to do. Even when you come back from Soul Quest, I'd love for you to be a part of this. Even if you're going to Bulgaria, you can miss that one night, you know, to, uh, I mean, because you've got to go to Bulgaria. Come be a part of the rest of it because... That time that you spend with the older Christians and older Christians, that time you spend with the younger ones is going to invest in eternity. We don't always get that opportunity to combine like that even when we worship. I know that and I own that personally because um, it was at a VBS that my mother was baptized. I can remember that. We went there. And I remember the night that she chose to be baptized. And it was at a VBS when I was a teenager that a man told me, don't miss out on the joy of the kingdom of heaven. I thought it was just something I had to do. But then I learned, wait, it's a joy. It's something exciting. And I had a small spiritual family there. And then it just got more fun. As I, moved, as I grew up and I was barely out of high school, I took on the responsibilities of doing some of this. So at the old North Street congregation that's become Mount Comfort now, we would build, our creativity went crazy. We would build the stages and all of the events. And I got to be the devil puppet. Oh yeah. Yeah, I got to be the devil puppet. And, uh, and that's, that's kind of fun. Um, it's especially fun on the last day when you teach the children to be terrified of the devil. Now, don't judge me too harshly. I was only about 19, okay? And, and you, you, you toss the devil puppet out into the audience, and the kids scatter like it's a hand grenade. I mean, they just run. But God saw to it that I would learn a lesson because... Uh, is Mike Jones here? Is Mike... Did I see Mike? Mike uh, Jones. Who's, there's Mike. Mike was in East Kilbride, Scotland when I was there doing the VBS. Do you remember this, Mike? And Mike was the one who saved me because when the devil came up at the, at the church in East Kilbride, Scotland, the Scottish kids are not afraid of the devil. Okay? They rush the stage. And I remember hearing Mike out there, get back, get back, get back. And I didn't learn my lesson three years later. And I took my, my wife over there with me then. 
and I was doing the devil puppet, and Mike wasn't there to keep the kids away. And I, I told my friend, I said, listen, when they knock this stage down and tear my arms to shreds, tell my wife that I love her. You can have adventures with this. I don't want you to miss out. I want you to be a part of it. Um, But you just see all those wonderful connections. And now we have people on our church staff, Lindsay, who remembers that I was the rabbi at the synagogue in the VBS we did here. I've got some, some of these young people who are graduating today. They remember those stories. They remember those times. They remember all the characters that we had there. And who they've become spiritually is part of that interaction. And again, I don't care what you do or how you do it, just do it and don't miss out. Be a part of this life. Whether it's VBS or a mission trip or... I'm, I'm really looking forward to the day that it's just every Lord's Day when we get together. And by the way, we want to encourage all of you. You don't have to just be parents. We want to encourage all of you. Some of you may have gifts. Some of you young people may have gifts working with children. We want to encourage you to use that gift. You do it on the mission field. If you can do it here, that's fantastic. Um, all of you. Uh, as Larry said, there's those sign-ups out there. And I want you to sign up, but I also want you to be prayerful and think about what this means. Deuteronomy 6 is the ancient words of wisdom. The ancient words of wisdom that describe this process of young and old coming together and encouraging the the older teaching the younger. The older telling the younger what it means to be the family of God. What it means to be a spiritual family. What it means to pass on that teaching, but also to talk about the meaning of it. I've got two things to say, and this is the sermon where I'm preaching. And by the way, I love the fact that I don't just look out here and I see the seniors all sitting together. You're in and among your family and your friends. That's good. So it really embodies what I'm doing because I guess I'm supposed to be preaching to the seniors, but I'm preaching to all of us. The Word of God is for all of us, so I want everybody to overhear this. First of all, And seniors, by the way, the the other thing I need to tell you is, welcome to adulthood, okay? I don't know if anybody's ever told you that. You need a magic line, you need a a magic wand, whatever it is. Uh, uh, How many of you seniors are 18 or older? Okay, great, welcome to adulthood. You're old enough to vote and go to war so you can behave like adults. There we go. Uh, Today's that day, and, and, um, you know, we got to have it somewhere. But I want you to know that being a man or a woman, an adult man or a woman, has to do with being a follower of Christ. That's, how, that's what defines it. And I want you to ask what that's about. I want all of us, even if we're well beyond 18, to ask what it's about. Deuteronomy 6 says, In the future, when your children ask you, what is the meaning of the laws, commands, and rules the Lord our God gave us? Then you tell them, we were slaves to the king of Egypt, but the Lord brought us out of Egypt by his great power. Notice that part of this dynamic is that opportunity for the asking. You've got to ask. So let me encourage our seniors and everybody else. Let me encourage all of our children and all of those who were once children. Don't be afraid to ask. 
You might be wondering, why is there a newt on the screen? That's a good question to ask. And it's on your trivia page for the, for the little ones. Uh, and you got another one of those little Easter egg clues here that's going to get you the secret message. Yeah. Well, the reason we put a newt on there is because a long time ago in Scotland, one of the words for a newt was an ask. They called it an ask or an esk. Isn't that a wonderful fact? Yeah. But what does it mean? So what? I guess if you, uh, you know, meet an old Scotsman and he talks about asks, you know that he's talking about newts. But so what? See, facts, we focus a lot on facts and knowing the facts and teaching the facts. And facts are important. But you have to dig deeper. You have to go beyond facts. You have to ask what the meaning of these facts are. Fact, there is a God. Fact, there is a Creator. But what does that mean? I can say, you can ask people in our nation today if they believe that there's a God. And still, to this day, the majority of people will say, yes, there is. But if you ask them, so what does that mean? You're going to get all sorts of different answers. When you have meaning attached to facts, now you're getting to truth. You know what it is about those facts that lead us to the experience of truth. And the best way to give meaning is through story. To explain why things are the way they are. To explain why something turns out this way. Somebody who's new, and maybe we've got some of our, our newest members here, you may be saying, you know, this thing you do for seniors, why do you do this? Well, this is something we've done for a long time. And we could tell you the stories as to why we do it. And it would give you meaning. So let me say to uh, the, the seniors, don't be afraid to ask. Ask, as you journey out in life, ask what the meaning of things are. To all of us, we need to ask what it means to be God's people in this time. Don't worry about the way it is. Don't worry about what's going wrong. Just ask, what is it that God wants us to do now at this time? And let me give a warning to all of us about cynicism and skepticism. It's okay to be a skeptic if you're a skeptic in your quest for truth. Sometimes that skepticism is healthy because it allows you to ask the good questions that lead toward truth. But the kind of cynicism and skepticism that just says there's nothing worth believing in, everything is false, and, and it, just, it really seems to be growing in this day and age, I'm going to tell you from my own personal experience too, that that's nothing more than spiritual and intellectual laziness. It is easy to just knock everything down. It is easy to just say, ah, there is no God, no one can prove it. It's easy to say, I don't believe in this, and everyone who follows Christ, they're a bunch of hypocrites. It's easy to get so burned out and turned off that you become intellectually lazy. But it's much better to be an adventurer in truth and ask. Second thing to share with you. Comes out of Deuteronomy 6 again. What Jesus called the greatest commandment is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all of your might. Keep these words that I'm commanding you today in your heart. 
heart. When you talk about the heart, we tend to go towards emotion. That uh, you can know something in your head, but you have to feel it in your heart. If you're not emotionally wired uh, the same way as everybody else, or, and none of us are, uh, you may be a person that the wiring to your head and heart works really well, or you may have a lot of uh, um, breakers and switches between the two, and they don't always fire the right way. It's not a problem. Because I want you to know that the heart is much more than emotion. For years, I, went, I was seeking the truth, and I was uh, in my spiritual journey, and I would hear guys of my age say, you know, oh, I know that God has revealed this to me because I've had this experience in my heart. And after being through enough of those and, 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 they're, and they're shedding tears and they're, they're, they're feeling it, and, I, and that's all good. I'm all for that. But it wasn't happening for me, and I thought, maybe I'm broken. And thankfully, I had older brothers in faith who said, no, 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 you, you misunderstand Heart's not just emotion. It's who you are deep inside. It involves your emotions, but it also involves your thoughts. And it also involves your energy, and it involves your spirit. This is why the commandment before this is, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your might, or your strength. And when Jesus repeats this, he adds, and your mind. That's the totality of your being. And so when we keep these commandments in our heart, it means it's the difference between keeping these commandments on the surface, but they haven't changed who we are. And if for you that's feeling, if for you that's a sense of ethics, if for you that's a sense of right or wrong, you call it what you want, but it's who you are deep inside. In the day and age of social media, we all know that you can create a persona online. In fact, it's kind of intimidating to someone uh, of my age to find out that uh, some of the people that I think I know online aren't even real people. They're aliases. They're people that they're they're invented people. And for some folks, they they let their uh, they kind of let their inner self out through that and uh, their inner humor. You know, here's the deal. You may think that's a new thing with social media, but the truth is people have been doing that for ages. People have been doing that for centuries. You can dress up right. You can look right. You can present the Christian walk on the surface, but deep in here, you have no room for Christ in your heart. God calls His children to be a different kind of people. He calls His people to have His commandments, not just on the surface, not just worrying about how things look here on the outside and following the procedures and the regs, but let it become who you are inside. Facts are mental things, and we can memorize them, but meaning goes to our core. So when we ask about the meaning, we're really asking what kind of people are we supposed to be? And I want you to have stories that go beyond your youth. I want you to have stories that shape you now. 
at 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, even 19, 20, 21. So that then when you're 80, 81, 82, 83, 84, 107, you have stories that have shaped you. And that those stories never stop being developed and asked. All of us in between, let me tell you, I often talk about why the younger ones need the older ones. Let me explain why the older ones need the younger ones. We need them to remind us, to keep us sharp, so that we keep asking those stories that we learned when we were their age. What did they mean? Did they give us meaning? Did it communicate truth? Are we still living by it? And we learn, we add to those stories, and we continue to write these unfinished stories. One of the lies of our age is that you have, you seniors have just lived through the best days of your life. And maybe you've had a good run for the last 18 years, and maybe your high school experience has been great. Then give thanks to God for that. That's wonderful. I'm happy about that. But if we pick any time in our short lifespans and we say, these are the best years of our life, this is when everything's great, then, I mean, not just them, I'm not just picking on them, but if, you're, you know, if your college years are your best years of your life, if when you're having grandkids are the best years of your life, whatever it is, you just pick your favorite time and live there. Folks, if anything in our short lifespans are going to be the best years of our lives, what are you going to do with eternity? Hanging around with God and Christ and all the saints and you're there in heaven and the wonders of the universe are revealed. Oh man, I wish I was back in high school choir. <laughs> you know, if it was up to me and if I was in charge, I'd be, I can arrange that. You know, uh, the, uh, no. If any time in our life is good, give thanks to God. And then look forward to what the continuation of your life on into eternity means for God. And as you keep those commandments in your heart and those stories shape who you are, you'll be prepared more and more for that. We're going to sing this song, and I want to encourage anybody who wants to know the story of Jesus Christ and what it means and how that shapes and changes their lives, I want to invite them to respond now. Now, after this song of invitation, uh, we're going to move into our senior uh, celebration, and I want you to stay around for that because you're going to see the church practicing that passing on of faith. Let's sing this song, and if there's any way we can encourage anyone today We want to do that. Will you stand up and let's sing?